You're listening to Singleness, Sex, and Dating with Perry Noble. You can connect with Perry and read more of his thoughts on relationships at perrynoble.com. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Singleness, Sex and Dating with Perry Noble. My name is Stacey and on this month's podcast, Perry will continue to answer the questions that you have been asking on his website. So thanks to everyone who's been submitting those questions. We have some great ones lined up today. I'm excited about it. I know Perry is excited about it. So let's dive in with the very first question from... Uh, Hold on, hold on. What kind of music are we using on this podcast? Like, what is the bumper music? Do you know? It's kind of like upbeat. Is it really? Yeah. Because I thought for this one, it'd be like... Welcome to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. The relationship one? No. We will talk about your... Anyway, I just... I thought that was a great idea. Anyway, maybe we can work on that. Maybe next time. Okay. All right, go. All right, so the first question is from Karis in Iowa. And she asks, hi, Perry, as a 17-year-old who has never dated, is it good to have a mental image for what I want in the start of a dating relationship? For example, being friends for a long time or only going out if he feels the same calling into ministry? Or should I just let things play out while seeking godly counsel from mentors and friends? You know, the the thing about not dating, it's, it's not a bad thing. Honestly, my wife, Lucretia, never dated anyone until me. And so wow. that should give you hope that you could have someone as great as me. <laughs> um, I, you, you know, I would say the thing is, don't force it. You know yeah. I mean, if you believe, and, and I do, I absolutely believe that, that God is sovereign and above all. Yeah, I mean, seek the advice of godly counsel. Seek the advice from mentors um, and, and friends. And if you're, if you're hanging out with a guy um, and you're unsure where you are in the relationship, it's not bad to have a conversation with a mm. guy. Because maybe, I mean, a lot of times guys are clueless. Like, they uh, they don't they don't know. Um, but most of the time, Stacey, guys are insecure, and they're unwilling to commit. And so many times they'll play flirta- flirtatious games with a girl's heart and drop, quote, innocent comments that aren't very innocent. Mm. And so if there's a guy that you're kind of hanging out with and you're uncertain about where the relationship is, have a DTR. You know what a DTR is? No idea. Define the relationship. Oh, that's Define good. the relationship. Have a DTR. <laughs> now, listen, if, if if this is the seventh DTR you've had in four days, as it might, and I'm not saying you're, you're doing that, Karis. K-A-R-I-S, by the way. My daughter is C-H-A-R-I-S-S-E. Nonetheless, it's an incredible name. Um, I'm just saying, I'm not saying you're doing, I'm just saying have a DTR. Once it's defined, then you'll know how to move forward. That's good. Yeah. In Australia, we call it a DNM, deep and meaningful. <laughs> deep what deep and meaningful <laughs> anyways yeah we just say dtr <laughs> that's usually what we say is dtr question number America. two is from Elissa in michigan and she asks i've always desired to get married one day but i feel that god wants me to pursue his calling for me right now instead of a guy pursuing me in a relationship what if god's calling will lead me to be single you know um the disciples asked Jesus that same question. They were like, hey, what if, uh, like, what, essentially, man, is it better not to be married? And mm-hmm. Jesus said, hey, not everybody can accept this. And so there's this whole thing out there about a call to singleness. And, and I know some people feel a strong call to be single. Um, one of the things, though, that a person needs to understand, because it gets popular, like there'll be guys and girls, I'm called to be single. But in the scriptures, 
many times a call to be single was because you were ultimately going to be a martyr. Wow. And so that's God and his sovereignty protecting, mm. you know, families and, you know, wives and kids and stuff. And so many times a call to singleness was a, was a call to be a martyr. Wow. And so really take that, first of all, that quote, unquote, call from God, that's something that we should take very, very seriously. Um, and what I would say, Alyssa, is as you're pursuing God's call for ministry, um, God might, you know, that, that may be where God brings your husband mm-hmm. into the picture. And so I would say continue to pursue what God wants, but, but don't shut a relationship out based on I'm pursuing God's calling because I pursued God's calling in my life, but I also pursued Lucretia. Lucretia pursued God's calling in her life to be a doctor but she also allowed me to pursue her, and one was not sacrificed for the other in either wow. case. Yeah, so that's, that's what really I'm good. The third question is from Brian in New Hampshire, and he asks, "What are some questions to ask, ponder, and pray about regarding whether or not I am ready for marriage?" Brian, great question, bro. Great question. First of all, um, and I go to this card a lot, and I'll I'll go to it every time. Do you have a job? Like like, and I'm not talking about working for your uncle part time. I'm talking about and I'm not saying you do, Brian. I'm just saying a lot of guys go, yeah, I have a job. I get paid five bucks a week. To Anyway, <laughs> I, I, do you have a job? Because as the husband, you're called to be the, the provider. Now, different people um, have different ideas on this. I did not say the only provider. I did not say the, the guy that may, or the person in the relationship that makes the most money. Hello, I'm a pastor. I was married to a doctor. <laughs> Um, and so it's, I mean, I was not the, I was, I wasn't bringing home most of the money, mm. but do you have a job? That's good. Um, and, and the second thing is, are you where you need to be? You know, and I know somebody's going to email and tell me this should have been first. Um, are you where you need to be in your walk with Jesus? Now I'm not asking you, have you, um, you know, are you perfect? Are you sinless? I'm just asking you, are you where you need to be in your walk with Jesus? And then Brian, the third, the uh, another question I always ask dudes is, let's, let's talk about how you deal with porn. Um, and the reason that's such an important question is I've met too many um, young men who have a porn addiction who go into marriage thinking that marriage is going to stop their porn addiction, and marriage will not stop it. Um, marriage will only enhance it. And because uh, and, and the idea is single people think when they, get set, when they get married, they can have sex anytime they want, and that's just not true. And so single dudes will often run back to porn if that's been an addiction in their life. And so I always have the porn question with dudes. That's good. You know, and, and it's increasingly becoming a problem with females, mm. um, but I'm a dude, so I don't ask females, yeah. so you looking at porn? I, I, I don't know even know how to, but I will, you know, I'm involved in some way it's always good for a girl to ask a girl Mm. that question yeah that's good and I think this has been said in a previous episode but marriage is a magnifier so whatever you don't want to be magnified in your life in marriage deal with before marriage right now right now question number four is from Courtney in Florida and she writes I'm 23 years old and have chosen to wait to have sex I feel like as much as a guy loves Jesus he's still a guy and still wants what he wants Guys can be so forward physically, even ones from church. Do guys really respect girls who make that decision? Yes, absolutely. First of all, we can't believe it. Um, but sec- I mean, like in a good way. But yes, absol- absolutely, Courtney. Um, guys can be forward. Um, guys often are aggressive sexually. Um, and it's, it's, 
Yeah, I've got a lot of explanations, and my filter's kicking in right now, so I won't exp- – <laughs> I'm just saying yes, yes, and amen. Um, but, but yes, it's, it's worth the wait. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, Courtney, it's worth the wait because ultimately you don't want to step into a situation that you're going to regret one day. Mm. And um, I've, I've just never met a lot of people – in my life, in fact, I've never met anyone in my life said, yeah, I, uh, I had sex in middle school and it was amazing. I'm so glad I did it. Like, I don't have that conversation mm. or, you know, our high school or college, like that doesn't happen. And so if a guy's being too forward, even the dudes from, from church, maybe you need to go talk to your pastor yeah, that's and good. just say, Hey, all the guys around here are trying to get in my pants. And I don't think that that's what we need and have the pastor address it because, um, Yeah. I mean, have a talk with your pastor. That's good. That's what I would say. And it might not be guys that you're hanging around with respect that decision, but there are definitely a lot of guys in our church, at least, who respect yeah, girls who absolutely. make that decision. Absolutely. Question number five is from Allison in Pennsylvania, and she writes, I've heard that when we are dating, we don't need to compromise, but when we are married, then compromising and communication are very effective. What is the difference between compromising in dating and compromising in marriage besides the physical aspect? All right, so great question, Allison. Hope you're enjoying life up there in Pennsylvania. Um, say hey to the Quakers for me. Um, <laughs> Quakers listen to podcasts? I don't know Can I say are. that on the podcast? A football team? Hockey team? The Quakers? Soccer team. <laughs> Basketball. You don't know what Quakers are, Stacey? <laughs> no. <laughs> for those of you listening to the pre Noble dating podcast right now I know nothing. on our sister podcast the leadership podcast Stacy did not know who journey the band journey is now she don't anyway we will we will talk about Help this me. off of the microphone okay. come back and have a conversation <laughs> but Allison sorry Allison you, you're in Pennsylvania and you detracted us from this entire thing um compromise when I talk about compromise before marriage I'm talking about compromise in who you're looking for um, mm-hmm. I'm not ta- talking about like compromising on where you're going to go eat one night or what movie you're going to go see or mm-hmm. maybe what book you're going to read together or whatever. Um, I, I'm talking about like, and because those things are necessary. You've got to learn how to fight fair before you get married. Um, wow. If a couple, if a cu- couple don't, comes to me and tells me they've never had a fight, I won't do the wedding ceremony. I'll make them fight right in front of me. <laughs> I'll pick, we, we're going to find something that they disagree on because it's not, are you going to fight as a couple? The question is, are you going to fight fair? Wow. That's and so good. you got to learn. So putting up boundaries, Allison, and refusing to compromise physically is enormous. After you get married, um, and this is what I believe, other people might believe some different things, but what is mutually agreed upon between a husband and a wife behind closed doors is is not compromise if it's mutually agreed upon. Mm. And so I won't, I mean, I'm not going to be the guy that steps into the bedroom with a referee shirt and, a you know, throwing a flag and blowing a whistle. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what a couple does behind closed doors. I'm just saying that if it's mutually gr- agreed upon, then it's not compromise. That's good. Leadership podcast. Good question from Allison. I love that. Question number six is from Johanna in Switzerland or Joanna. I'm not sure. I apologize if Johanna? I got that wrong. Johanna. Jo- I've never been to Switzerland. All the way from Switzerland. She asked. They make some great knives. Knives? Swiss Army knife. Oh, have yeah. you ever heard of a Swiss Army knife, <laughs> Stacey? I have. 
Anyways, she asked, I've never been in a relationship before and I have had dreams about the same guy for eight years now. And I think he might be the one God has chosen for me. Pastor P, how can I know if it is really a sign from God? I'm confused. Um, I would say that if this is the guy that you're, you're dreaming about, you know, give it time. See if it, see if it, see, I mean, this, this is, this is, I believe God speaks in dreams. I believe God speaks through dreams. I do not believe dreams are God's primary communication. Mm. I believe God's word is God's primary way of communicating. And so if we begin to have dreams that are in direct contrast with God's word, then I'm going to trust God's word over my dreams. Um, and so I would say, Johanna, or get in God's word. Immerse yourself mm. in God's word and see if there's anything in God's word that might contradict anything that you see in this guy. Because what you got to do is you got to really drill down on this and see, is that God's dream for you? Mm. Or is that something that you want so bad you're trying to That's project really that on good. the Lord? And I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying I've seen some people... In fact, I've seen numerous people say, it's God's will for us to date. It's God's will for us to date. It's God's will for us to date. And it's not God's will. That's them projecting their will on God because they want to date the person so bad. Wow. And so that's what I would say is really spend some time in God's word and and just check the motives of your own heart to make mm. sure that they're pure. That's really good. Thanks for listening in all the way from Switzerland, know, though. Right? That's awesome. God. The next question is from Jessica in South Carolina, and she writes... How important is it to consider the family of my significant other in a dating relationship? My boyfriend is great and loves the Lord wholeheartedly, but comes from a family with a history of deep sin, anger, aggression, and pain that has never been dealt with. How can I discern our relationship with this in mind? Well, you'll hear some people say, well, I'm marrying the person, I'm not marrying the family. And you are marrying the family, and you're marrying every ounce of baggage in that family. And so one of the things that Lucretia and I had to do is, Lucretia grew up in a Christian home, um, but we sat down and we talked about our families before she got married. Because, Jessica, the family that you um, described, a history of deep sin, anger, aggression, and pain, that's my family. Mm-hmm. That's what I came out of. Those are, th- those are all things that, that are tendencies in me personally. And so um, Lucretia knew what she was stepping into, and has been able to help me identify those things. You're you're not gonna. I mean, you're not gonna find a, a dude from a um, impeccable past. But what you should look for, and and you know, Jessica, I would just say this, Lucretia, because I come from such a jacked up background, has actually been able to navigate, help me navigate through some things because she can see me acting out in anger or aggression or pain in a way that I can't see it. And, you know, it's so beautiful when God says um, for Adam, he's going to make a helper. Mm. The woman's going to come along. She's going to help him. And so Lucretia really is my helper. And so Jessica, maybe, maybe that's God's call in your life is, you know, this dude that you're dating, if it's progressing, maybe, and I'm just saying, maybe, maybe, He's going to be crippled his entire life unless you come alongside him and help him walk. Wow. And that could be um, one of God's calls on your life. I'm not saying it is, but I'm just saying maybe. And I definitely 
just on the flip side, I've heard and seen a lot of females particularly take on burdens that are not theirs to carry. For example, well, if I'm not with him, then he might hurt himself or he right, might right. he might never be the man that God's called him to be. And so can yeah. you speak to that tension? Because I oh, know please. I've heard that That's a lot. real good, Stacey. So yeah, so the unhealthy side of that is if I'm not with him, then God can't change him. Mm. Well, that's only true if your name is Holy Spirit, <laughs> Ruah, if you, wanna, if you want to. But Holy Spirit... Um, you, you, you are not the agent of change in his That's life. That's great. Jesus is the agent of change in his life. And a lot of times, Stacey, Jesus can't get to a guy because the girl's in the way. Wow. Like if you're dating a dude and you're compromising with him physically, but then you're telling him about Jesus, mm. he can't see Jesus because of your hypocrisy. Wow. And so you, you got to... Um, understand that you are not the source of his salvation. Acts 4.12, there is no other name given under heaven by which we must be saved. It's Jesus and Jesus alone. Mm. Yeah, Great, great follow-up on that, That's Stacey. really See good. what you did there. That was good. <laughs> the next question is from Ryan in Georgia, and he asks, I have a little disability that is noticeable. How can I find a godly woman who will overlook my disability? Ryan, um, I'm just telling you, bro, that there's a woman out there that will. Um, I don't know where she is. I don't know who she is. Um, but, I mean, love love is able to kind of overcome a lot of stuff. And I've seen some beautiful, beautiful love stories take place, even in our own church. And so I would encourage you, bro, um, not understanding or knowing what your disability is. Obviously, it, um, it bothers you to the point where you would actually um, write in and ask the question. And, man, so, so first of all, thank you, Ryan, for listening and for doing that. Second of all, I would tell you, um, don't allow insecurity in your disability to dominate you for the rest of your life. Mm, wow. Um, let your security rest in Christ. Know that you are becoming who Jesus has created you to be and step forward understanding that there will be a woman out there one day that will recognize that and receive that because you're not trying to be somebody that you're not. That's great. Thanks for asking that question, Ryan. That's yeah, really seriously. good. Uh, the next question is from Daniel from South Carolina. I think that's how you pronounce Danielle? your name. Danielle. 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 <laughs> she asks, as a single woman who wants to be a good gift to a spouse one day, I can recognize this season. Stacy has become incapacitated <laughs> at this moment. Is <laughs> Danielle? <laughs> she said, Danielle. <laughs> I have no idea who Daniil could be. Probably a Quaker that plays in Journey. Just kidding. All right, I'm good. Are you okay? I'm I'm fine. Okay, sorry. Continue. Danielle, you mean probably need to start this question over. <laughs> okay. Because I forgot what we're talking about. We're not editing this out. We're leaving it in. Okay, question nine is from Danielle in South Carolina. She asks, as a single woman who wants to be a good gift to a spouse one day, I can recognize that the season has real purpose. What are some practical steps that I can put into place today that will help me to be a blessing and not a burden to my future husband? Like, all-star question. All-star question. Oh, my gosh. Danielle, or Danielle. <laughs> Australians. Um... Danielle, I, I, would, I would say, first of all, the very fact that you're asking this question tells me that your heart is in a great place. 
Um, and you're probably doing most of the things that you need to be doing. Um, you know, you're, you're seeking the scriptures every day for guidance. You're, you know, prayer. Those are two things that are necessary. You're involved in a local church. I mean, you're involved in a local church because that's going to provide a, um, a place for you to have community and connection with. Um, and then, Daniel, I would, I would, I would do this, and this is something I did as a as a young married or young single dude. I would find somebody, not the person that's been married for fifty years, um, or or whatever. I would find somebody that's been married one, two, three, four, or five years, and I would go mm-hmm. to dinner with them, and I would say, "What you know? Talk to me about the difficult things you had to deal with." And I, I don't I don't want to hear about how awesome A, B, and C is. Talk to me about the difficulties mm-hmm. and the challenges that you face, so I can step into marriage kind of knowing what's coming. And see if there's a constant thread. Because different couples are going to struggle with different things. But see, after you've had dinner or lunch or coffee or whatever with four, five, or six couples, if there's a common thread and you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, I see the girls struggle with this, and so I'm going to probably need to look at this in my own life. Um, And talk to those people that are about a step or two ahead of you. I'm telling you, it'll push you so far down the tracks, it's not even funny. That's really good. Love that. The next question is from Josh in Ohio. Thanks for having an easy name, Josh. (laughs) And he asks, my wife is unsure of her love languages and she has a hard time understanding how to respond to me when I pursue her due to some wounds from the past. How can I best respond to her when it seems like many of the things I tried don't stir her heart? Josh, man, great, great question, dude. Um, The first thing I would say is obviously you've, well, you've probably read the book Five Love Languages, and uh, she's read it too. And maybe she can't define her love language. Josh, I, Josh, let's be honest. Let's just be honest. Women are complex creatures. The most complex of anything God has made. Um, that's why we're told First um, Peter three seven has been the verse that has blown me up the most because first peter 3 7 um and if you read this read it particularly either in the new american standard version or the esv um for all you calvinists out there uh the it says it commands husbands to live with their wives in an understanding way it literally says men live with your wife in an understanding way Mm -hmm. that means fight to understand your wife. Wow. Now, Josh, I'm going to be honest with you, man. That I would, there are days, I'm just going to be honest, there are days I would rather fight Piranha <laughs> than, than fight to understand Lucretia. I mean, it's just like, I don't understand what you're saying. I don't know. I don't understand that. But the very fact that you would ask this question, Josh, shows that you're willing to fight for her heart. Mm. And maybe, maybe in 15 years or 20 years, um, you still don't know what her love language is, but you know what? You've got a 15-year track record of fighting for her wow. heart. That's going to matter, bro. Yeah. That's go- in marriage, in marriage, you always have to play for the long term. You don't ever play for the, the short term. And so just make up your mind. You're going to fight for her heart. You're going to figure this out, and you're going to try your best. I'm telling you, Josh, 1 Peter 3, 7 is the verse that has compelled me, even when I didn't want to, to try to understand Lucretia. That's awesome. I love that. The next question is from Sierra in Tennessee, and she asks, My parents are recently divorced after a long, strenuous process lasting over two years. My father cheated on my mother for 10 years before my mother found out. 
I'm afraid that I'll never find someone to marry because of my lack of ability to trust any man. How can I push past this distrust of guys to find a good godly man to marry when I've seen all the deceit and lies that can happen behind closed doors? Sierra, first of all, I want to want to thank you for asking this question, mm-hmm. and I want to tell you I'm sorry. Um, I, I'm I can't even imagine uh, how that felt, um, and I know I know it's going to be difficult for you to trust dudes, especially because you have a you have Sierra what I call a deep father wound, mm-hmm. and uh, because um, and this is something maybe to pray through. Not knowing you personally, but I would be willing to bet my last Bible on this that because your dad um, obviously lied to you or misled you, you've got the fear that maybe God's going to do that to you. Wow! Because whatever whatever image we have of our earthly father, oftentimes we'll project that on our heavenly father. And so um, I would I would just tell you that first of all, you've got to understand more than anything else that God is a good God who wants good things for His children. He loves you. He has a great plan for your life. Um, He wants to bring you, um, he doesn't want to bring you harm. He wants you to prosper, Jeremiah 29, 11, right? And so I would tell you that it's it's not going to be easy Mm. for you to trust a guy. I wish I could say there's a verse or a prayer or a scripture or a book, Um, but what happened to you has, has hurt you deeply. So the very first thing you've got to do, Sierra, is make sure, make sure that you do not allow bitterness towards your father to overcome your heart. And here's why. Because any image you any any bitterness you have towards your father, you're gonna project that on your husband one day. Like you're and, wow. and it's not something you're gonna do intentionally. You're just naturally gonna take all of your distrust. And listen, when you get married and your husband does something that breaks your trust the first time you're going to flood him with all the negative emotions and bitterness and anger that you had um, towards your father. And he can't handle that weight. Like, it will mm-hmm. crush him. And so I would say the biggest thing to do is really navigate. In fact, go to Ephesians chapter 4, start with verse 25, and just read through Ephesians 4 verses 25 through either 31 or 32. I can't remember um, it's to the end of the chapter. I think it's 32. And read each verse and ask yourself, um, all right, am I doing this in regards to my father? That's the text that says, um, put off falsehood and speak truthfully in love. Um, be kind and compassionate to each other, forgiving each other. Uh, don't let the sun go down while you're angry. Mm-hmm. Um, don't let any un- unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. All those things, those are just steps to make sure that you have a right relationship with your father. Um, and then when when that gets... Um, better, or when God heals that, it's going to be way easier for you to trust a dude. That's really good. God is a good father who wants good things for his kids. I love that. Thanks for writing in and asking that, Sierra. Sierra. That's a great question. The last question comes from Nan in Missouri, and she writes, if you have a past with someone and you've both pushed God away and had sex, but years later found the Lord in an an extraordinary way, were both baptized and became godly friends, do you think there is a possibility of a godly relationship even with the previous memories and outcome? Yes, absolutely, Nan. Absolutely, I believe that. Because if you've both been saved, then you're brand new people. You're brand new in Christ. 
you know, you're brand new. You are God's workmanship. You are God's masterpiece. You are brand new. What you're going to have to resist is it's real easy to step back in old patterns because even though we're brand new, we love old patterns. Mm. And so I would say the answer is yes, but you're going to have to be willing to fight extra hard to keep from doing what you've already done in the past. But absolutely, it can be it could be a great dating relationship. It could be a great marriage, and it could be a great redemption story one day that That's God right. uses for his glory. Absolutely. Yep. Awesome. Well, Pastor P, do you have any final thoughts as we close out no, today's just, podcast? Other than I'm just really enjoying this, and I hope you continue to um, email in some questions and let us know what you're thinking about this podcast. Let us know what we can do to improve it because mm-hmm. um, the, I'm the, I'm releasing the relationship book next year, and it's obviously um, created a lot of questions and a lot of uh, a lot of thoughts and a lot of ideas. So we're enjoying reading those. So send us those questions. Um, and then uh, keep listening and, and tell your friends about it yeah. and because this has been a lot of fun. And thank those of you guys um, for email, emailing in. You guys Absolutely. make the podcast happen. So you can submit those questions to perrynoble.com forward slash ask. And thanks again for listening to Singleness, Sex and Dating. I apologize for not knowing who the Quakers are. We'll see you next month. Thanks for listening to Singleness, Sex and Dating with Perry Noble. For the chance to get your question answered on this podcast, visit perrynoble.com slash ask.